The Ambitious Mum Podcast. Different women, different lives, different ambitions. I'm Kate Moore Youssef, and every week I'll be having honest conversations about ambition. I was like, okay, what do you do when you don't know what to do? It's like, okay, do nothing. Motherhood. I thought about what I wanted for them, and I wanted them to have the same sense of knowing what they were for and living their purpose. And everything in between. We'll explore how their ambitions and careers have evolved while being a parent, and I'll be digging deep, acknowledging the taboos, the sacrifices and the sheer grit and perseverance working mums don't talk about. Yeah, because we have this romanticised idea that a child arrives and we're suffused with masses of love and that's all we feel. That wasn't my experience at all. It was much harder and darker. Hi everyone, welcome back to The Ambitious Mum. I am Kate Moore Youssef, the host, and this is the second episode this week. So we, we've brought out a couple on a Tuesday and we now brought one out on a Friday. This is going to be like this for the next week. And then we're actually going to go on a break. I'm going to take some time off over the summer, but I am really excited to just have some time out and get some new guests and just kind of reconfigure the podcast a little bit. I've got some ideas. So if you have got anything that you would like me to be doing more of, less of, different types of interviews, I would love to hear from you. So I'm going to be having my creative thinking cap on over the summer, which actually leads me to this week's guest. And um, it's all about creativity. I absolutely love this subject of creativity, purely because it's a passion of mine. I'm actually doing um, or reading something called The Artist's Way, which is all about uh, unblocking your creativity. It's about a 12-week plan, and typically you do it over a week and do it with a book club, but I'm actually just doing it on my own. And it really is incredible to see how we do block our own creativity and how we potentially could have been like super creative growing up and then you know life begins we become parents or we you know our careers take over work takes over and all of a sudden we realize we have no creative output at all and so that's what we kind of talk about today and my guest today is Esther Wayne and she tells a fascinating story of her being in that exact position where she wasn't creative at all and then she stepped into her desires her power and is now an amazing voiceover coach she is a voiceover artist she is a writer she is a creative coach and storyteller that's how she describes herself so she is really immersed in all her creativity from all angles and it was a really fantastic conversation and I hope that it brings a spark out in you because it definitely did for me when we chatted she tells us about how she coaches other people to, to really kind of go back to, to their base roots of, of creativity and really helps them um, release it, unleash it and helps them move forward. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. And what I wanted to say about creativity, actually, is that sometimes we can feel depressed, anxious, low mood, lethargic. We think there's something going on potentially health-wise, but very often it's that notion of not having a creative output and not being able to tap into that part of our soul that is crying out for us. So if this potentially is sort of sparking something within you, have a little think about where you have put your creativity to one side, perhaps where you just, you know, you used to love it, used to be part of your daily life and now it isn't. 
just for myself when I've been doing the artist's way, it's really made me realise. And now I'm, I'm really, you know, focusing on on unleashing that creative, creative side of me because I know how it unblocks lots of other areas and makes me feel happier, calmer, my well-being is better. So don't just see creativity as something that, you know, or just do a little bit of drawing or, you know, singing and, and you know, that's fine. It's actually a massive part of our health and well-being. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Esther Wayne. And yeah, I hope you enjoy it and get inspired. Esther, thank you so much for joining me on today's podcast. You've just told me that you describe yourself as a storyteller and a creative coach, um, which I love. And I know that you've got lots of different (laughs) kind of angles as to to how you work. And you you sort of struggled a little bit with the exact definition, which I personally love because I like to be sort of multi-passionate. Can you tell us a little bit about your background? Because I know you were an accountant, you worked in a corporate industry for a really long time. And at the age of 40, you decided to go to drama school. And it's not, <laughs> I know that sometimes when we hit 40, we have a few ideas, maybe go on a trek somewhere. So, um, oh, I guess I can take you quite a long way back, actually. Because when I was about six, I desperately wanted to be an actor. And I used to dream of it completely. And I had this book as I was in my teenage years, which was called Stage Struck, which was about how to get into drama school. And I read that way more than I spend my time on my Uckers forms and all the rest of it. Um, And I really, really wanted to go to drama school and I really wanted to be an actor and a writer. Um, But I was persuaded that it was best to have a backup option and I should go to university and work on my backup option and that it was a good idea to become a lawyer or like a barrister because that was a bit like being on stage um except it's not so I kind of took all this very well-meaning advice and I went to university and I trained to be a barrister I didn't manage to secure a pupillage so then I was by then I was kind of in debt in London (laughs) needing to pay my rent so I uh found a job as an accountant um, and became a chartered accountant. And then I met my husband and I got married and got mortgage and got a job and went into banking and built a career in compliance, um, which I'd never even thought about when I was five years old. Um, <laughs> funnily enough, who does? Who does? Um, and then, and I was kind of motoring along and my mother would occasionally go, so when are you going to do this acting thing then? And I go, oh, I don't know. Um, some other time or maybe I've just missed the boat I don't know and then I had my daughter and I was on maternity leave and it was a huge huge shock um I was not prepared for it I'd lived in an adult world and then I had this screaming baby and I really didn't know what to do with her I had trouble with the feeding and all that sorts of other things um I'm fairly sure I had postnatal depression although it wasn't something that was diagnosed or that I'd went for and by the time I went back to work I was suffering from quite extreme anxiety because at that time it was the financial crash and loads of people being made redundant around me some of whom were in my team um, and I had to make them redundant which was a horrible experience and I went back to work thinking that that was going to what was going to solve the problem and it didn't and at that point I went to see a therapist um, and I talked to him and I was like what I need is a bigger job. I need to be promoted. I need to this, that, and the other. And he went, no, you don't. And I was like, what? 
I don't know what to do now. <laughs> oh no, I'm really stuck. Um, right, so that's not what I need. Right. So I found myself somehow going to audition for and getting a part on stage with a local amateur dramatics group, which I could just about fit in with my work and home commitments. And I didn't quite know what I was doing and the director was quite mad and <laughs> it was quite a tortuous process to get to be on stage. And then I sat there on stage for the first time in many years. The lights, and we were just behind the curtains and the curtain raised and the lights came on and suddenly, and I, I'm feeling it even now, I had this feeling that suddenly I knew what I was for and I couldn't ignore it any longer. So I carried on doing amateur dramatics uh, while working and then I came to be on maternity leave with my son. And I was realizing that I had these two precious human beings who come into my life who hadn't asked to be there, I'd invited them in. And I thought about what I wanted for them and I wanted them to have this same sense of knowing what they were for and living their purpose and living a meaningful life in a way that felt good for them. And it wasn't what I was doing. And I was like, well, how, how am I going to teach my children to do that? And that dreams matter and that we need to build them and we need to create them and we need to create the life that we want. And I thought, well, I'm just going to have to do it, aren't I? <laughs> I'm going to have to do it myself. So while I was on maternity leave with my son, rather more sensibly, I decided to get help. Um, so I got some babysitting because my husband was working out the house for about 13, 14 hours a day, so um, which is a long time with a baby, <laughs> um, as I'm sure many of your listeners will, will understand. Um, so I got some help. And during that time, I wrote the first draft of my novel and I went to some acting classes at Central School of Speech and Drama. And from there, from the evening classes, I then went on to do the diploma. And from there, I auditioned to go do a master's in acting, which is going to be a huge life change. And my husband was there going, well, let's see if you get in and then we'll figure it out from there. So the first time I auditioned, I got onto the waiting list. I didn't quite get a place, but I'd known enough that I wanted to leave my job so I left my um my job in banking and carried on down this particular route and then I went back to audition in the January uh, which was their first auditions for the next intake and I got in straight away and I remember getting the envelope through the post and I was there with my son who was about two and I got the envelope and I opened it and it said that they accept me and I couldn't speak I was so excited I mean I'm quite a reserved person generally but I was leaping up and down in my kitchen shrieking because I was so excited and my son was jumping up and down next to me as well because he was obviously picking up on my excitement I could barely tell my husband over the phone what had happened because I was um breathing so heavily wow it's such a powerful story because I think, I mean, I talk about this a little bit in, in other previous episodes of um, ignoring those sort of soul whispers, those that inner wisdom, that voice 
within us that perhaps has been there since you know we were very little and we were more willing to hear it when we were smaller and less fearful and all the different things you know and then as you sort of described you know we you just kind of went on with life and you did what was expected and um you know you, you went to work in something called compliance which to be honest I'm not even sure what it is but it <laughs> sounds very different to being an actor yes um and, and and kind of living that lifestyle when your heart's kind of like tugging in a, in another way, it's very brave for you to have decided that. But sometimes I, I hear that these calls are sometimes so strong that you can't ignore them any longer. Um, you sometimes hear it through um, where people have been um, hospitalised, they've gone right, you know, to breaking point where they've just got no choice but they have to sort of start again. And what you you're, you're, what you're describing is that this sort of passion was so um, so prevalent that you wanted to teach your children that it's we shouldn't be ignoring our you know this this call to purpose. Sometimes I I struggle because we have this big concept of purpose, don't we? And then what happens if we haven't got something big? like wanting to be an actor or wanting to be on stage and our purpose is a little bit more um I don't know um muted or just something a little bit less obvious how how I'm asking you the question uh, how do you think we can go inwards a little bit more to to really know um and is it something that you just feel in your body that something's just not quite right and what you're doing is just not you know meant to be your chosen path yeah I mean I think for me my body was definitely telling me things before my brain caught up um now I worked in compliance but I had IBS issues um I ended up having a lot of illness um and I just I just didn't feel right and with it was my 17th anniversary um on Saturday and I got out the album of our wedding day which was glorious day but my daughter was looking at pictures of me and looking at me and she went you've had a glow up mum <laughs> and I'm like what she says I know you're older now and everything and definitely look more crumpled um but she said you you're glowing now in a way you you weren't then and I think that is down to how I'm living now and how I'm paying attention to that call and yeah there is this kind of big thing of wanting to be an actor but actually then inside of that there are lots of lots of very small decisions and the overall living life as an actor and a writer is you know it's not all glamorous well most of it is not glamorous most of the time I'm in this box <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, talking to myself generally in gym kit um, or in my dog walking gear yeah. so it is very much about real life. If anyone's listened to Brian Cranston's um, audio book of his biography, which is great. And he talks about you know, taking the bins out when he gets back from the Emmys, having won <laughs> all these awards. And it's like, well, that's real life. You know, he's yeah. married, he has children, he empties the dishwasher. We still have to live as, as human beings. So how do you listen? Yeah. Listening for that purpose. I and mean, when I came out of drama school, there was another shock because I'd kind of made a dream come true. And I didn't really know what came next. I had no idea. And while I'd been at drama school, we did Alexander Technique, where we learned to rest for 20 minutes on the floor doing nothing 
which was one of the most challenging things I did during yeah, that whole year. I can imagine. As a young mum or a mum of two very young children, I, the, the idea of spending 20 minutes on my own lying down was just uh, completely ridiculous or it seemed so. And I thought, okay, they'd all gone to, everyone was out. They were at uh, school or nursery or work. I was like, okay, what do you do when you don't know what to do? It's like, okay, do nothing. So I lay down on the floor and I found the Headspace app and I started to meditate. And I thought, okay, I don't know what I want to do with the rest of my life because that's just too big a question right now. So I'll ask, what do I want to do next? And so I'd meditate and drop in the question during a meditation, what do I want to do next? And then usually some kind of an idea of something would come into my head, whether it was to read a book, uh, catch up with a friend for coffee, or and that's what got me to start writing my blog at the time, which was about the inspiration and perspiration. So I used to write about things that were inspiring me that week and things I was working on that week. And actually, they ended up kind of being the same thing um, to a large extent. And that's, yeah, that's what I started doing. And then through that, I started to figure out gradually a path forwards. That's interesting. So you were writing this blog to probably help other people but actually you were working all out as you were oh it's all it was actually mostly about helping myself I think (laughs) I think all these times when we think we're going out to help other people we're actually helping ourselves more than more than we imagine and um yeah I had this I carried on going to acting classes and I met this lovely lady uh while I was there and it was like just coming up to Lent I was like what can I give up for Lent I thought I've tried to give up chocolate and crisps and while I can do it for a while it's not much fun and it doesn't make that much difference to my life all in all so what can I actually genuinely give up that will really help? And she said, um, well, I, well, let's give up self-doubt, because that seems to be the thing mostly gets in your way. So like, we'll give up self-doubt. So the next morning, she sent me a, um, a message going, let's do this, and sent me an inspirational quote. And I was like, oh, no, I've got to get the kids to school. I've just got about time to make tea. I don't have time to go looking for quotes. So I made one up and sent it to her. And then I did that every day through Lent. And I ended up doing it for just over a year. And I gathered a a list of people I would send messages to, one of whom was a dear friend who was going through um, some serious cancer treatment at the time as well. And I would take it as like, okay, this is how I feel today. If I was my best friend, what would I say to myself about how to turn this ship around or how to get, get this ship moving? And something would come into my head and it might happen while I was meditating, or it might happen just while I was driving around or whatever. And then I would send that out. And I did that every day for just over a year, I think. Now, what I discovered is you can't actually get rid of self-doubt. Mm. It's just part of the package. <laughs> um, and actually you don't really want to get rid of all self-doubt. Because can you imagine what people would be like if they yeah. had no self-doubt? <laughs> be, be horrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, a little bit is, is good for you. But you don't want to let it stop you from taking action in the direction of your dreams um uh, you kind of have to take your fear by the hand and walk out anyway and that's what that process taught me um and those things I carry on sharing on on Facebook and Instagram and what have you um now so did the the book that you I know that you it's it's with the publishers right now 
Um, is that sort of inspired from the emails and the um, the blog and, and all the quotes? And is that kind of like a, a, a mashup yeah. of, of what you were working on? And was the book part of the plan when you were doing it? Uh, no, there was no plan. <laughs> um, uh, I did plan to write my novel, which I, I did manage to do. And I published that, uh, I think it was three years ago now. So that's kind of out there. And that was a love story based around postnatal depression, which I think was a way for me to heal through that recognition that just because you don't, you know, because we have this romanticized idea that a child arrives and we're suffused with masses of love and that's all we feel. Um, And it's all just, you know, like some kind of Disney movie with bluebirds tweeting around your head and little mice sorting (laughs) out your kitchen. Uh, and that wasn't my experience at all. It was much harder and darker and more difficult than that and made me face things about myself that were not easy to face. So I think writing that allowed me to accept that it's okay not to fall in love at first sight mm. with your child. It's okay for that to grow. It's okay for that to for you to explore that because you have a lifetime of a relationship with this person. So you will always be with them whether you're you're here physically or not they will always have you in their hearts and minds so it's okay for it to take some time and there is the possibility of redemption and healing is all through that so that I did plan to do um this book that I've now written I hadn't planned to do um I spoke to someone who's a, a kind of well, she's an agent now and a publishing consultant. Um, she'd worked in writing for many years and I talked to her about my blog and we talked about a book. And then I just had a random idea one morning just after I came out of the shower. <laughs> I was like, well, what if you kind of did like a hero's journey and put that with positive psychology and all the meditation stuff that I've been thinking about and the things I've been working on? I thought, I wonder what that could turn out like. And so that's how I ended up writing this book, uh, which is called, the working title is Be Your Own Hero, A Mindful Guide to Thriving in a Creative Life. Um, And uses the hero's journey as a template because uh, the hero's journey is about someone going out into the unknown. And we think of a hero as these people who've got it all together, like superheroes with capes and powers and everything. But actually, if you look at, Pixar, which very much uses the hero's journey as a template for nearly all of its movies, its heroes are often people who don't know what they're doing. Like Nemo's dad, when he goes looking for Nemo, he's terrified of the ocean. He doesn't know what he's getting into and he has no idea how it's going to work. He just knows that he loves his son so much that he's prepared to take his fear by the hand and go out into the unknown. And through going into the unknown, he meets dory and the turtle and they have this adventure and they find his son and they come home and it changes him and that's what the hero's journey is really all about and that's i think for me why human beings tell stories and why stories are so important to us is they're the story of how we grow and learn as human beings and how we become something more tomorrow than we are today or more today than we were yesterday and it can be within a sentence, it can be, you know, it can be a massive journey or it can be something really small. It can be as simple as you know, taking that cupboard that's been driving you crazy and making it work for you. 
instead you know getting it tidied up and I remember at drama school I think one Easter holiday I um I opened up my tea cupboard and I got like loads of different kinds of tea and they were all falling on me and I couldn't find the one I wanted and I was like okay I've had enough of this I'm going to sort this out so I got some Tupperware boxes and organized it all and put labels on it and I've still got it organized like this and I took a picture of it afterwards and my acting teacher went wow that's a really creative thing to do I was like I hadn't really thought of that as being creative because we kind of tend to think of being creative as being doing some great artwork or pottery or sculptures or playing amazing music or being on stage or on film or writing a book or you know something that feels tangible I guess tangible and and yeah and really making a statement but actually I think the more powerful bit of creativity for me or what I learned through all of this was actually creativity is there in all sorts of bits of our lives and the number of people who say oh I'm not creative and you're like yeah you are because you've created a family you create a home you create an, an impression you create an atmosphere you create a meal you know, it, it's happening all the time you're making things constantly mm. you just don't necessarily pay attention to the fact that you're already, already doing it that's a really nice way of looking at it. And actually, yeah, I can think of so many examples where I've said I'm not creative, but, you know, I know I am because some of the things that you've just listed then. Um, and I think we, it's just like this parism that we live in, isn't it? It's like, well, if I'm not, you know, a, an artist or I'm not um, a writer, then I'm not creative. But, you know, if you're an amazing baker or you're an amazing cook, um, you know, then you're just as creative as someone else. It's just, you know, channeled in a in a different way. Um, and just sort of touching on what you said before, and I could really resonate with that because I was, funny enough, I was just before I came on the podcast, I was talking to a friend and we were talking about, um, we didn't really use these words, but it was kind of like aligned action of just taking that next step of, of, mm. This that very big picture can seem so overwhelming and scary that we just, you know, if you, I guess if you had known then when you made that decision that you were going to go to drama school and now what you do um, with the coaching and the writing and the audio books and, and all of that sort of, you've weaved it into, into like a new career, that would have been very scary and probably very overwhelming. And you probably would have been like, how the hell am I going to do this? I'm just not going to do it at all. And, and yeah. I guess that hero's journey is that step by step, you know, just each day, just taking mm. that next step, making another choice um, towards, you know, what we want to be doing. And, you know, myself included, I am very impatient. You know, you want it all and, oh, yeah. and you want, <laughs> you know, you want to see that result quickly. Um, and, it, and it does, it takes a huge amount of discipline maybe or maybe we just need that opportunity to to sit back and rest and and do what you do and and do those meditations or if you don't like the word meditation because again that can be quite off-putting to people like the thought of just sitting there and waiting for some inspired idea to sort of land on our shoulders and I really like the way you sort of said is just like asking it sometimes you can just ask a very practical question and when you're sitting in that place of quiet with no distractions that very overwhelming thing can suddenly just become very simple and you just get an idea and funnily enough it's most of the time I get that in the shower or if I'm brushing my teeth or I'm driving um or when I'm walking the dog but when I'm like 
on my laptop and trying and writing and knowing I've got to cram loads of stuff in, like nothing happens. Um, and I just wonder if, if this is um, an invitation for people to, to recognise that those moments of quiet and those moments of peace and rest is what we should, if you don't know what you're doing at all and you really genuinely have no idea what your purpose is and you know something wants to change, it's just being just giving yourself a bit of space, just a bit of time and going for that walk at lunchtime that you think you haven't got time for. Jumping in the car and, you know, having a drive or having that extra long shower, you know, all these little things that we're just constantly rushing from one place to the next. It's it's those little moments. That's when the inspiration drops in, I find. Um, And that's where you can lead to more creativity. so yeah, that was just really nice because it's just made me think then that actually we have got access to all this creativity. So I just wanted to interrupt today's episode to tell you about a new event that's happening on the 20th of July. And if you're listening to this Ambitious Mum episode, you're most likely to be a mum. And as a parent, I'm sure you can resonate with the feelings of helplessness if you do have a child that suffers from anxiety. Whether they are four or 14, it feels awful to witness what they're going through, especially if you are prone to anxiety yourself and you know how they feel. And as a mum of four kids, aged between six and nearly 16, I have one especially who is quite emotional and she shares her anxious thoughts with me. And I really do recognise them well. I was a very similar child and also as a grown-up until not that long ago. My anxiety was actually one of the main reasons why I chose to retrain as a wellbeing coach and then in emotional freedom technique, which is also known as EFT or tapping. You might have heard me talk about that. And I now feel so much more confident in my tools to combat my own anxiety as well as for others. And this has been a massive gift in my life and I really want to share this with you. So during this workshop, which is on the 20th of July, I'll be teaching you as adults to empower your kids with new techniques such as the tapping, maybe trying effective breathing exercises, learning which essential oils to use, adopting certain yoga positions before bedtime and other really easy and practical lifestyle interventions to help bring in more calm and more balance in our daily lives and obviously to reduce the stress and anxiety that goes with that. So for all the details, head to my website, which is coachingbykate.me.uk or this episode show notes or go to my Instagram bio, which is also Coaching by Kate, and that will have the link to buy tickets. I've tried to make this workshop as accessible as possible, especially as the summer holidays are approaching at the price of £28.50, as I believe that every parent really does deserve to have these concepts in their parenting toolkit. You'll have a lifetime access to the workshop, and I'll provide a worksheet which you can print off and keep. Really hope to see you there. And now back to this week's episode. Tell me a little bit about what you do when people come to you for your creative coaching. And I guess what kind of place they're in when they first come to you and how do you help them navigate this journey? I mean, over the kind of COVID thing, it's been a little bit harder to do this um, because I like seeing people in person. yeah, over COVID, I developed an audiobook narrator's course for actors 
which could also be useful for writers as well who want to narrate their own their own books. But the other thing that I've put together that I've used in a few different places and a few different contexts and with people who've come to me individually for coaching is kind of using the step of the book and the idea of the hero's journey. It's kind of a creative business planning tool because one of the things I, I discovered is I did a lot of work on my strengths and one of the things I'm I'm not very strong on planning and detail <laughs> but I <laughs> but I am very good at imagination and stories mm. so it was like okay how can I use imagination story to help me get into the nitty-gritty of planning and so I've devised this creative hero workshop which is about first of all tuning into who you want to be like what is the heroic version of yourself what does that look like how does it feel how does that person move around in the world and it's just taking a bit of time to go okay how do I want to show up in the world is there a person who embodies that that I would like to be more like is there a certain quality but what does that feel like is there a character in a book or um or a film no what would that be? And I've had people come up everything from a plant to Jack, Captain Kirk, <laughs> um, uh, a musician, a uh, film star, you know, loads and loads of different people. And my own has, has changed. And it's just in that moment, if you were turning up as the best version of yourself, what would that be? What qualities do you want to bring into your life? And then from there, owning that and recognizing that as your desire not for you know to grab hold of another thing because I think society sometimes makes us think that if we get more things or if we cram more stuff into our calendars suddenly we're going to feel like proper people um somehow we'll get a badge or I don't know but you don't <laughs> there is there is no badge for being the busiest person on the planet there's no extra marks for running yourself ragged um and yes it's lovely to have nice things around you but they don't ultimately change how you feel about yourself so it's understanding how it is you want to feel about yourself and how you want to show up in your relationships in your work uh, what that might feel like for you and then from there talking about um I offer people three wishes what would they wish to bring into their life if it could be anything and then using the techniques of positive psychology you then go through an idea of thinking about what that would look like closing your eyes and imagining what that would look like how it would feel to to succeed and having that wish come true but then start to think about the obstacles that might be in your way for achieving that and then developing a plan for overcoming those obstacles with a recognition of the resources that you have available to you. Because you, we all have resources available to us, whether they're our own strengths and abilities or the people we have around us, the connections that we have, where can we get help? Um, sometimes we can think we're completely on our own and we don't know what to do. But actually, if we stop for long enough, we do. We don't necessarily know how we're going to, no, we don't necessarily know how we're going to get from compliance officer to Oscar winning um movie actress but we do know the next step like the next person who can help or who we can reach out to 
And that's all we need to know in that moment. We don't need to know the whole journey. And actually, I think rather than, and this is something I struggle with a lot as well, because I'm desperately impatient. um, And I started to write another book, which is going to take me a long time. Um, But I think what I've started to learn is it's about the process. If we can just be in the process, take each step and enjoy the steps that we're taking, the gifts are already here. The success is already with us. We don't have to wait until we've got a particular award or we've got the publishing deal or whatever. The joy is in the actual writing. The joy is in the narrating a book. It's is in living in a particular way and making a choice, a conscious choice about how we're living. And no, it's not always easy. And yes, there are times when I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, I still have to pay the gas bill and all the rest of it like everyone else. Um, but I think having a bit of faith that it's okay. You know, we can be who we are and we can create the lives we want. And no, it's not going to, success doesn't happen overnight. And if you look at any overnight success story, you scratch the surface and you find this massive iceberg of yeah. many years of work that's gone into making this success. Yeah. Um, I think, But it- all of that, the work is a joy. And if the work is a joy, it's it's fine. It's okay. Yeah. And I think that's what you, it's, it's so nice to see is that when you are living that, I guess it's more like authentically, then the process is, can be fun. Um, sometimes, you know, you hear these stories of, um, the actual end result being a bit sort of an, a bit of an anticlimax or like you said about Brian Cranston, you know, you, you work all these years. I know he was like a late starter to acting um, mm. and, you know, then he gets all these awards and actually it's just kind of like, well, okay, I'm, I'm happy to have that recognition, but, you know, I'm sure the bigger moments were when he was, you know, filming and he, you know, he was starting mm. new projects and, and, you know, connecting with different actors um, and it's, you know what, we we all need these reminders. We really do because um, we only get this one life. And if we're rush, rush, rushing through and it's those little hidden gems in the, in the process. Um, mm. You know, when I started this podcast, so I'm now about um, 16 months in um, and I, I genuinely, I, I, it was one of those things that I, start, I did definitely start on a whim. It was probably, you know, an inspired idea that dropped in with the help of a friend saying to me, you know, I kind of, it, we had a very similar conversation to, to what you were saying of like, you know, what, how do you want your life to look? What do you enjoy? And what fills you up? What lights you up? And, and for me, it was connecting with new people and having, you know, like-minded conversations and finding people who would inspire me and, and in turn helping other people and using these conversations to help with my self-development and growth while also, you know, help helping others as well. Um, you know, people that I, I've always um, looked up to are like Oprah and people that I guess that connect mm. other people and their stories, you know, using their um, knowledge and, and experience and qualifications or whatever to, to bring out, um, you know, that knowledge to people that may, it might not be so accessible to. And then she just said to me, well, why don't you start a podcast? And I went, oh, okay. Well, I've never done that before and I have no idea where to start. (laughs) And it was literally, I didn't come from any background, like in any audio whatsoever. 
And so it was very much like what you said then with this sort of positive psychology um, hat on of, okay, well, what resources do I have? I've got a laptop. Um, can I buy a, a microphone on Amazon the next day? Yes, I can. Do I know people in the industry who could probably help me with, um, you know, like a couple of sessions of how to start a podcast? Yes, I did. I reached out. I found someone immediately. Within a week, I'd had that session. She gave me everything I need to know within an hour and a half of how to start. She set, found me an editor and I went on Canva and I, I made myself a, um, a, you know, graphic, which you know, mm. I still pretty much use to this day. Um, I could have gone completely bonkers and been like, I need to find a graphic designer. I need to hire a studio. Um, I need a PR team, all of this, which would have cost me a fortune. And I probably would have got so lost in the, how and the details and all the scary strategic stuff which I'm not very good at and actually mm. I just kind of just went in perfect it was not um, I've learned on the job but the fundamentals of the podcast is the same is that I'm still connecting with people that I would genuinely like to sit down and have a coffee with who have um, interesting mm. stories and experiences and wisdom to share and insights I know help others because people tell me they you know I get messages saying that episode really helped me or I've passed that episode on to a friend of mine who was going through something similar. Um, and I have a feeling that I have ideas of how I want to take the podcast into something more of a movement. And that's really exciting, but that wasn't my idea at the beginning. Um, mm. It was literally like, let's just find a couple of friends who will be on my, who will be a guest. And they <laughs> did. And they were like, they were my guests and it just happened. Uh, and so I think my very long convoluted story is um, just, just, just start small and somewhere with passion, with something that excites you and then see where it, see where it takes you without trying to be too impatient, which is, which is hard. But I love this idea of, mm. I think just those simple techniques that you mentioned of who do you want to embody and you know, straight away, you know, I get an idea of a couple of people who really inspire me. Would you use things like vision boards? Does that come into the process for you? I don't do vision boards so much because, I don't know, I feel with vision boards, it can sometimes feel a bit like you're sending the universe a, a, you know, a Christmas list. Mm. Like, I want this car and this island and all this sort of stuff. Um, so I come at it slightly differently. So with the creative hero workshop we come up with a ends up being um I think mine is like an a3 thing with the hero in the middle and then the wishes coming off it and then it turns into plans um so you end up with this kind of mind map from that mm. and then the thing that I've done myself for the last couple of years um and that I did with some other people in January this year um was I did a gratitude board because all this vision board stuff was going on about grasping things that you don't have. And what I think we don't do enough of, particularly probably in the developed world, is recognize the things that are already here, mm. that we've already got. And after a year like 2020 particularly, it felt like a bit of an act of rebellion to, um, to be grateful for it. Yeah. So I went through, and I've been practicing gratitude for many years as well, where I just write down three things in the evening, um, at least three things that I'm grateful for during that day. And I've done that on really bad days and on really good days. 
and there's always there's always something uh even in the day when my father-in-law died i was almost grateful for the grief because it meant that i'd had him in my life mm -hmm. and uh he'd been part of my life for about 17 years and i felt exceptionally grateful to have had this very kind and loving man as part of my family so for me it was about the gratitude and i went through my photographs for the previous year and tried to pick one for each month i ended up with way more than that <laughs> and then filled um i ended up filling an a3 thing with these and i printed off i got a tiny photo printer so i printed off all these little um pictures and put them all over my board and filled it with the things that i'm grateful for and this year i did that online with a bunch of other people as well and we had a bit of a chat and put some music on and everyone was finding all these things that they've been grateful for during 2020 you know like um meals with a family or a celebration or if they managed to go on a beautiful walk and they'd seen the bluebells which are around at this time of the year um and i think and i have that in my office on my whiteboard or my studio so every time i come in, in the morning i can see it's one of the first things i see and it reminds me of the things that genuinely matter to me. So I think we can get caught up in what is supposed to matter to us, which I think is where the pictures of Range Rovers and uh, islands come in. Um, whereas if we actually stop for long enough to go, what made my heart sing? What of these photos makes me go, oh, yeah, that day. Mm. Oh, that person. Oh, I really, didn't we have a brilliant time there? Those are the things that we want more of, not necessarily the things that we think we're supposed to want more of. So I think grounding ourselves in gratitude of what really matters to us now uh, really helps us to take those next steps. Because it also makes us remember that we have much more resources than we all, than we thought we had in the first place. Because mm -hmm. we've already got all these things in our lives yeah we don't need to go anywhere to get them they're already here um and we just want to you know to expand from there rather than you know throw that all away and go and do something completely different yeah i think that's that's really important and i love that idea because i um I do struggle with these vision boards. I, I've got one. And funnily enough, the other day, so I had it, I had one and I did it over lockdown. Um, and I didn't really follow sort of a prescriptive way of doing it. I just basically put loads of pictures of things that kind of, you know, inspired me in quotes and stuff. And it was really full. It was really big and it was really overwhelming. And I was just, I actually didn't even know where to start to start taking stuff down. And I kept looking at it going, there's just too much on mm. here, but I didn't know. And the other day, the whole thing fell off the wall, just completely fell off the wall and landed. <laughs> and I was like, right, okay. So clearly I'm being told something here. And I pulled it all apart. It was on a cork board. And so I had like lots of pins and stuff. So I pulled everything off and I threw probably, you know, three quarters of it in the bin. And I just kind of thought, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to, and then I pulled out the stuff that really, really kind of spoke to me still. And it was very instinctive. It was just like bin, keep, mm -hmm. bin, keep. And so now I've only got like, I've <laughs> probably got about four little quotes of three pictures. And it is, it's very sparse because at the moment I'm kind of thinking, I feel like I'm a little bit in um, rest mode, surrender mode, or however you want to call it. Like, I feel like mm -hmm. I just need to just wait 
there's there's stuff bubbling, but I'm not quite sure what it is. And I'm so used to sort of jumping in and diving in and, and trying to make things happen that actually the energy that I'm feeling right now, and I've never really had this before, is just to sort of sit back and just chill for a bit, Kate. Just like, just stop. You've been busy for many years. Just mm. sit back. And I think the gratitude list would really help, actually. I think that would really help me because I practice something similar, but it's more like in my head. So in most days I'll, I'll sort of just go, oh, this happened, that happened, and, you know, and I will be very mindful of it. But I'm going to go and fill the other half of, of that board. And hopefully that that might just help because, mm. yeah, I think you're so right. 2020 was just one of those years that, we, I think so many of us just took stock and we leaning into gratitude was very helpful for a lot of people. We really did. You know, mm. I just remember thinking that really in the depths of the pandemic, how grateful I was that when we went outside in the middle of winter, actually it wasn't middle of winter. It was sort of just coming out to the beginning when we were doing the clapping, the clap for carers and just thinking how nice I was connecting with neighbours that I'd never chatted to before. Um, we'd all walk on empty streets and go and introduce ourselves. And, you know, the kids were outside and we were all, you know, showing them the importance of like sticking together as a community. Um, there were so many parts of it that, I'm grateful for because the kids were able to see that it was like, you know, the blitz spirit type thing. Um, mm. So thank you for that. Cause I think that'll be really helpful. Um, can you tell people, I mean, I think this, this conversation is really inspiring and um, I would love to come and do one of your workshops. Can you tell people <laughs> how they, you know, why would they want to work with you? I guess, you know, what, what, could be going on for them and what you could help them with. Um, I know that you do the, the audiobook side and that's quite specific. So unless yeah. unless you're a, a I guess an actor or someone that wants to narrate audiobooks, that's a different yes. kind of arm of what yeah. you do. But if someone's yeah. feeling depleted and that they're not being challenged creatively or they have a feeling that there's something brewing, that's the only way mm. I can describe it. Yeah. And they quite just, reasonable. Yeah, and they don't know where to, to go. Would you be that that next stop for them, that pit stop for them? Yes, certainly. Um, so there's, a, I mean, there's a few options, I guess. Uh, one is uh, I, I'm a strengths coach, so I can do a sort of strengths analysis to help people recognize what their strengths are and sit with that. And that might give, and that also gives an idea of the unrealized strengths we have. So things that we might want to do but I might be really good at doing but we haven't really tapped into that yet and how they can sort of stop doing the stuff that makes them feel depleted um and leave that to one side uh so that that I think can be really helpful and is a very practical um thing to do then the other thing is as a collection of one-to-one -one sessions where we can kind of get into the specifics of your own journey and how you want to develop and who you want to become and then what I'm wanting to do when we these restrictions lift a bit more is to actually run these workshops in person um, because you know I, I'm an audiobook narrator so I spend a lot of time on my own in my studio so the joy for me of coaching is being able to connect with people and be in a room with people and I think when people get together 
in a sense of creativity there's an energy that comes into the room that is hard to recreate on zoom mm. or, or something similar um and i think also for us when we're thinking about where do we want to go next what do we want to develop how do we want to grow getting out of our day-to-day -day environment being in a different space can give us a bit of distance and that distance can give perspective so i'm looking to do some of those workshops later um so yeah there's kind of a few ways that i can work with people i'm also a mindfulness and meditation teacher i know some people find mindfulness uh tricky but i think you know we have this idea of meditation we watch us sit there cross-legged um looking all zen that's not how i meditate <laughs> um i tend to meditate lying down because i get stiff back if i sit up for too long um and some and i don't try and clear my mind because that's not possible but waiting for the impossible there i think even the dalai lama said well i could if i spent many years but I'm not sure it's worth it <laughs> so he doesn't try and clear his mind it's just not happening <laughs> so it's just how our brains work there's not much point worrying about it but i think for most people they can find a way of doing something meditative even if it's not what they would plant mm. plus the meditation so walking the dog going for a walk doing yoga uh going for a run uh writing journaling can be meditative anything where you just switch off your judgment for a little while and let your subconscious have a little word with you mm. and find out what's going on a bit underneath the surface um and finding a bit of bit of peace there and then you know when people are in the midst of they've taken on a creative challenge and they're kind of right in the thick of it and struggling with how to move forwards then we can look at the book i i set out as three sections which is listen for your story which is about that kind of strengths and meditation and understanding what it is you want to do next um the next bit is write your stories so that's when you're kind of in the thick of it and how do you make the plans and how do you do the the this the specific steps that will move you forward how do you find the resources that you need to help you uh and then the final one which is tell your story because the final job of the hero which lots of people i think don't think about is that once you've gone through the challenges and you've overcome the the monsters and you've returned to your home after a period of rest then you tell your story so you can inspire other people to go on their own hero's journey and prepare yourself for your next one because it's not it's a spiral mm. of growth you know we we go through spirals of growth and i said yeah i certainly understand what you're saying at the moment i think there's a feeling across the world actually that this is a time to step back a bit some of it feels a little bit enforced by uh by circumstances but i think it is ask us that question like if you stopped right what do you and when we start again it's like what do you genuinely want to bring back and what have you not really missed at all mm. and i think there's some questions to answer there which we may not know for a little while but yes, if people are interested in working with me, they're what, welcome to what's contact your, me. What's your website, Esther? Um, I have my 
I'm kind of in the process of shifting things around a bit. I've got estherwayne.com, which is my main website, which has all sorts on it. And then I've got estherwaynecoaching.com and I'm in the process of moving my coaching onto the coaching website. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm eminently stalkable on Twitter, <laughs> Instagram and wherever. So. Well, I will make sure that we put all the links in the show notes and, and you know, people can contact you via social media or email. Um, mm. but I just want to thank you so much for coming on because I think the stuff that we just talked about, I think is going to be really helpful. It's lots of practical tips but some sort of like deeper more spiritual things that people can really take away and have a little think about um so i think that um this episode is is gonna has helped me a lot and i think it's gonna help a lot of other people too so thank you so much esther my absolute pleasure it's been lovely talking to you so that's this week's episode done i really hope you've enjoyed it and it's helped you in some small way I listen to loads of podcasts and have learned so much along my journey and now know I'm a real auditory learner. And if you're the same and you're often inspired by listening to thought-provoking conversations, please don't underestimate the power in sharing it to ensure other people can also be inspired. Not only does this help your friends, but it also lets the host know how beneficial the episode has been to them. It's such a quick thing to recommend a podcast on your social media but it means the world to us and helps more like-minded people join in the conversation. So simply screenshot your phone and share the image of this podcast by text or on your social media to someone you think who needs to hear it. And the power of a recommendation really does work and creates a ripple effect for all those involved. Also, I've got a Facebook group called the Ambitious Mums Wellbeing and Lifestyle Chat. And my aim is to create a safe space to discuss any of the topics that have been mentioned in the episodes moving forwards. I'd really love to see you there. Thank you so much for listening and see you back here for the next episode. Mm-hmm.